That moment when he says, why do you think I yeah. allow you to experience trials? I love Peter. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel that. Anybody watch The Chosen? Anybody seen that scene? Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of the best scenes in the series. I mean, there's several good ones, but I love that one. And we knew even just showing that was going to be a little bit heavier start to most of our sermons because, you know, we try to keep it light most times. But, you know, we're in this series. We're calling it Rooted. Talked about being rooted in Christ, um, how important that is, you know, that there's a lot of different things we can root ourselves in. But Christ Mm -hmm. really becomes that sure foundation that we need. And then last week we talked about being rooted in one another. But then we come to this, which is just kind of, you know, being rooted in the storms, mm. right? I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. And it's appropriate that it comes after being rooted in Christ, yeah. rooted in community, yeah. because... Without I, that... Yeah, you need, you absolutely have to have You Jesus have to have it, yeah. To... And, and so as Amy and I were talking this week, one of the questions we had was just kind of like, we know... <laughs> you knew that going into this. I should have taken, brought a Kleenex over here. <laughs> but we thought... 
just a question. Anybody, anybody here gone through a storm before? Okay. Anybody you. current, you don't have to raise your hand, currently going through a storm? Yeah? Yeah. It's inevitable, right? Just so we can kind of throw some things out here. What are some of the storms that we face? And we realize that can be a very uh, vulnerable question. And so it doesn't have to be a storm you're facing. Maybe it's a storm a friend <laughs> of yours is facing. What has you've seen your friend go through? Hmm. What are some storms that we face? Hmm. Losing your parents. Losing your parents. Mm-hmm. Health. Mental health. Mental health. Yeah. Abuse, addiction, what was that? Job loss, yeah. With job loss can be financial strain, difficulty with children. If you're a parent, watching your kids make choices and mistakes and trying to just be a parent sometimes can be a storm, can't it? Anything else? Divorce. Divorce, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just loss of relationship with people you love. Yeah. Conflict. Yeah. I think if we were to give you guys a piece of paper and pen and we said, okay, you have 60 seconds, make a list of as many storms that people go through as you can, I think we would have to call time before you could come to the end of the list of things you could write down. Don't you agree? I mean, because this list is very easy for us to make. Why is that? Why do you think that list is so easy for us to make? It's real. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And he screams it like he's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, it's so real. But it's reality, isn't it? Yeah. It's reality. It's the world we live in. And Sometimes in church world and Christian world, there is a very, very false narrative and a very um, damaging narrative that we hear that, you know what, just have faith. Yeah. Just follow Jesus, just pray this prayer, and everything is going to be hunky-dory. Anybody else hear that before? Or anybody else kind of maybe come to faith with that idea that it's like, oh, well, you know, I said I was going to follow Jesus. And so, you know, you can go ahead and get it, Amy. I said I was going to follow Jesus. And because I said I was going to follow Jesus, I thought this was going to be easier than this. Go ahead. Let's see hands. Who thought that? Anybody? Just me? Absolutely. But then what happens when we have that mentality And life happens. What does that do to your faith? It crushes it. It makes us feel so much guilt and shame because, well, I think if I had more faith, all I need is more faith and I wouldn't be going through this. You know, if I had more people praying for me, this wouldn't happen. And we, Mm -hmm. and what we end up doing is we inevitably shift what we're going through and the storms that we're experiencing onto ourselves as if there's something we've done to cause them sometimes Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. we can do to prevent them better. And that's not always the case, is it? Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we live in a broken world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, we talk about this all the time, but we have to acknowledge the brokenness of the world, don't we? 
I mean, the problem of evil is something that humanity has been trying to explain and get our minds around since creation. I mean, but even we only have to look back to Genesis chapter 3 to understand where all this started and to understand that the way things are is not the way God wants it to be. Hmm. I mean, I get there's big questions around that. Well, if it's not how he wants it, then why hasn't he fixed it? Well, Hmm. he is in the process. He's just taking a lot more time than we think. You know, God is not, does not run on our time schedule and these kind of things, but it leads to a lot of questions that we have. And as we've talked, you know, this idea, this problem of evil, the problem of pain and suffering that we go through can really be an issue for people. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, I think some of the reputation that has happened in Christian community can be like, we use platitudes or things Mm. and that turns people off. And so there's ways that in the storm or in grief or in struggle, people are like, I'm not going to church or like, I'm not going to tell my friends who have a solid faith about this and it keeps them or even in our own pain of God, why haven't you... I felt that, you know, that's part of the tears are like, I don't know why, you know, like those are things that can actually keep us from God or keep us distant. Um, But at the same time, I think those are also things that can draw us in. And some people I see even around me and in my own life and some of our friends, um, even recently, we've seen a good friend really start to consider faith in Jesus out of desperation, Mm -hmm. out of like oh, if, one, encountering God in a hard place and also, like, I don't have hope in anything else. Like, there's nothing else for me to grab hold of. Like, what does God say? You know, what does yeah. God have for me in this? Yeah, I was reading a book recently by Tim Keller. Uh, I love him. He passed away last year. And uh, his book was titled Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. And he, he writes this. He says, Just as many people find God through affliction and suffering, they find that adversity moves them toward God rather than away. Mm-hmm. Troubled times awaken them out of their haunted sleep of spiritual self-sufficiency and into a serious search for the divine. I mean, is there anything that really can shake us and move us towards Mm -hmm. God more than going through Mm -hmm. difficulties? But we feel so ill-equipped. We feel like we've done something wrong. We feel like something, you know, I don't know. But we know that experiencing storms is universal, which, as you were talking, it made me think that even, even as we think about people going through storms, how sometimes ill-equipped we are to help people go through the storm. Yeah. We back off. We don't lean in because, well, I don't know what I would want to say. I don't know what to say because I don't, you know, and we say, honestly, let's be honest, Christians say stupid stuff all the time around pain and suffering, you know, yeah. things that people should just, you know. Mm-hmm. But we forget the fact that sometimes the most important thing we can do is just be present yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. but it's a universal as, experience as is God's response. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't say stupid things. He's yes. just with us. Absolutely. You know, I think when you were talking about even the Tim Keller quote, it made me think of something we were talking about this week. There's a CS Lewis line that he says about how God whispers to us in our pleasures mm. and he speaks to us in kind of the mundane, but he shouts in our pain. In our pain. Yeah. Like there's a way that we can 
maybe see or experience or feel the nearness of God more yeah. potently in yeah. that place of But faith. going through storms highlights a real, you know, every week I think we're looking at this from a very countercultural perspective because, you know, we don't want to be rooted in Christ. We find everything else. We talked last week about the cultural moment of rugged individualism and how being in community pushes against that. But even with this one, I think in our culture, there's a real pain avoidance mentality. Don't go through the storm. Avoid it at all costs. Deny it. Try to escape it. You know, Um, just do whatever you can. Um, I mean, you, in fact, Mm -hmm. in class recently, you kind of were talking about that. Yes. Okay. So, and I'm taking class right now for um, in my mental health graduate school classes, and it's on happiness and. my professor, who's not a Christian and is not talking about this from a Christian lens at all, is saying, we're reading about research that says, and I wrote it because I didn't want to word it wrong, pain avoidance takes away from our well-being. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that it struck me so much when she talked about it, and we began to talk about it as a class, and we're reading all this research that actually if we avoid pain, when we resist pain, I'm not saying you like ask for it or you run into <laughs> it or bring it on, but when we avoid it or we resist it, it's not just that we're keeping ourselves from pain. We're actually, we're actually taking away from our well-being, from our sense of thriving and happiness mm-hmm. and all those things. I'm like, wow, what a kingdom concept, mm-hmm. how God's made us. Yeah, but there's something in our culture that's quite the yes, opposite. It's yes. get me out of here. I don't want to experience it. And I think it is uniquely a Western cultural experience that we don't want to go through it, acknowledge it, deal with it at all. Just yeah. let me have Netflix and I, that'll be all I need to get through it. And, and that's not a correct or a good response. In fact, you, you made a comment this week that anybody remember the kid's story or the kid's book going on a bear hunt? That yes. really has to become our, our attitude towards going through, going with storms, right? Dealing with storms because you can't go, go around it. it, can't go over it, gotta go through it, you know? And I mean, who knew the kingdom principle of storms <laughs> yeah. in the, in the children's book. But yeah. I mean, really that's kind of what we're dealing with. In fact, even one other example of this was Steve, I think was telling us this week that Buffalo, you guys know all about Buffalo, right? That no. when a, yeah, no, I didn't either. I had to look this up. Do you know that when a Buffalo or out in like the field and stuff, Matt, you're shaking your head. What do they do? They go into the storm. They mm-hmm. run into it. Yes. Why do they do that? Because it's the fastest way to get through it, is if you head it into it, you don't try to avoid it. And I also read that doing that also keeps you sometimes from experiencing the worst part of the storm. Sometimes the lightning and the worst part of the winds and everything are back in the storm. Yeah, it's like leaning into a blow. When, yeah. You know, somebody's yeah. going to punch you, aren't you, you supposed to like They lean say you in. lean into it. It's what they say. I'm not going to try it. Yeah. But, you know, not put um, myself in that situation. <laughs> And I am a pain avoider. I'm just saying up here, if you feel like these are nice things that are true, they are true. Do I live that out? No. You know, I'm like, (laughs) I am a pleasure seeker. I'm a pain avoider. So I'm preaching to myself this morning. But there is something about the idea of like going through it, the going on a bear hunt, the buffalo, there's like a an invitation, I think, to lean in. I do think there's other times where as Christians, we can be like, the more you suffer, the more holy you are, you know? (laughs) And we don't want to necessarily say that or or like you're not looking for persecution or looking for pain. But when you face it there, it does feel like there's an invitation to lean in, which feels very uh, 
countercultural to this, to yeah. me, to the world we live in. Yeah, and so the moment is we don't have to try to avoid it because it's going to find you anyway, yeah. I mean, just from the world we live in. Yeah. And then once we encounter it, how do we get through it? And what's interesting is the Bible is not silent on this at all. In fact, as you begin to read from the beginning to the end, suffering is a part of faith. I mean, it's just a part of what we know, what we go through, what we experience. In fact, it's kind of funny. I was I, doing research on a sermon. You go all different kinds of places, different books. And so I was reading about, you know, how to get through the storms of life. And this was just a secular article. And it was like, you know, here it is. You ready? Stay calm. <laughs> that just makes you want to punch somebody in the face, right? <laughs> Stay calm. Okay. Assess the situation. Sure. <laughs> Seek advice. And take action. Hmm. You feel better now? (laughs) (laughs) That's so silly, right? I mean, it's like, we're not going to reason our way through the storms either. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. kind of part of it. We're not going to just sit down and have this rational idea that says, well, I've done this and I've done this and now I can deal with this. No. What, What was missing from this list is the very foundation of everything we're talking about. And it begins and ends with Jesus. And it's back to being rooted in Christ. And why is that so important? It's because Jesus himself went through the storms Mm. from his birth. I mean, we just talked about this a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. when he was born. You know, Herod gets jealous, starts Mm -hmm. trying to kill infants under two. What does he have to do? His parents have to flee. I mean, that's a storm. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at his life as he grows up. Yeah, he had some times where things were great and the crowds were following him. But man, those pesky religious leaders were always on his heels too. Mm -hmm. You know, he's always having to answer. And Mm -hmm. in fact, in Hebrews chapter four, I love this passage because it's an incredible reminder of who Jesus is. It says, for we do not have a high priest. You talk about Jesus. We don't have a Jesus who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, who did not sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us when in our time of need. need. Yeah. And you know, even as I was thinking about this passage this week, I was thinking about the scene in the garden when Jesus is wrestling with mm-hmm what he's going to do. And even that gave me a sense of, um, of peace of like, okay, we're not alone. Jesus did endure the storm, the ultimate storm. Um, and he wrestled with that. He asked, he wrestled (laughs) with God about it. Will you take this cup from me? Like, do I actually have to do this? Um, but it was in that kind of wrestling that it seems like he came to, yes, I do. Okay. Carry on. You know? Yeah, it's, 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 I think, empowering to see what Jesus actually went through at the same time. Yeah. I was reading this week, a, a, a guy posted something, and he just said, reflecting on the wounds of Christ, surprisingly still visible after his resurrection. He heals wounds without removing scars. He makes us whole, but does not uh, perform plastic surgery. He wrestles with Jacob, but leaves him limping. He refuses to remove St. Paul's thorn in the flesh. He promises us brand new resurrection bodies without denying or deleting the past. Mm-hmm. There's something that shapes and forms us about going through these storms and dealing with them and facing them and walking through them with Jesus. But it does begin in re- realizing where is Jesus in the storm. 
you know, and can we even lean into that? I don't know. And I was thinking, too, as we think about storms again, what's the story of Job? The story of Job is just one continuous story of a man who, through no fault of his own, just gets knocked down and knocked down and knocked down. And he has the worst friends in the world, I mean, who give him all kinds of terrible counsel and advice. And, you know, his wife is very unhelpful. You know, just curse God and die, Job. I mean, that's not very helpful either. But what we find in the end of that story is Job having a very honest conversation with God. And what I love about that is that even in the midst of the storm, in faith, it do, it's, faith doesn't say, we'll just suck it up and deal with it. Faith doesn't say, ignore what you're feeling. Faith doesn't say, ignore what's happening around you. No, I think the story of Job is like, no, questions are welcome. Mm-hmm. Questions are welcome. You know, you think about what Job says to God. Job questions God. But you know, the thing that I think is redeeming for Job is he questions God to his face. He doesn't turn around. He doesn't walk away. He goes face to face with God in prayer. And he doesn't hide his feelings from God. He doesn't hide what he's going through. And in the end, what happens with Job is Job proves Satan is a liar. That all these accusations that he wouldn't make it, that he'd turn away from it through the storm. No. And I think God you know, one of the things I'm learning right now through spiritual formation is just the ability to kind of just sit with God. Hmm. You know, one of the questions that I answer every day is what is going on inside you? How are you approaching this time with prayer? And it says, write one sentence about how you're, you know, spending or how you're approaching prayer. And part of that also says, you know, be honest. God knows who you are. God knows what you're going through, trying to hide it silly anyway. And so if you come to prayer and you're like, God, I'm angry, then you can say, God, I'm angry. If God, God I'm grieving, then you can say, God, I'm grieving. And we have a, a God who doesn't look at that and say, well, that's just too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about what Jesus, the way Jesus inhabits God, but also talks about God when he says, you know, when you as a good parent know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, How much more does your heavenly father know how to give to you? So let me just ask you, parents, if you have a child who comes to you hurting and in pain, do you laugh at them? Do you push them away? Do you say, grow up and get over it? Or do you wrap your arms around them and say, I love you? Do you wrap your arms around them and say, you're not alone in this? Do you sit there and hold their hands and say, I will get through this together. And if you, as a broken, sinful parent, know how to do that, how much more does Mm. God know how to do Mm. when you sit in the middle of a storm where just like Peter, you feel like you're drowning? And your kids come to you because they have that kind of relationship with you, begging you to intervene, (laughs) begging you for what they need or what they want or whatever it might be, you know? And I think it makes me think of David, too. I was just reading, Tim gave me a beautiful book of Psalms, and I was reading some of them last night, and I was reminded again of, like, David is, he has this close relationship with God where he's so honest. He's like, where are you? I don't know. You know, like, he's, you see that in Peter, too, in the New Testament, the, mm-hmm. like, the honesty, mm-hmm. but then also that he, he comes to, after 
conversation going straight to God, talking with him, wrestling with that, yeah. you find that often in the end of the Psalms, he's like, and yet I praise you, God, you mm. are good and faithful, and I'm praising mm. you always, you know, forever, mm. amen. And he comes to some sense of like, but God, you still are God, mm -hmm. and I still will worship you. And you, you had shared Isaiah 43 with me this week. It's just beautiful. Look at this mm. on the screen. But now this is what the Lord says. Mm. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not be afraid. Why? For I am with you. Mm -hmm. Wow, that really is going on a bear hunt in yeah. Scripture. <laughs> like, you will go through the fire. But when you walk through it, I'll be with you. You will yeah. be swept over with water, but you will not drown. You know, mm -hmm. it makes me think of in the, that's Old Testament, New Testament, same kind of thing. Paul talks about that is in 2 Corinthians, he talks about, I'm hard pressed on every mm -hmm. side. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. He says, I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. And that's where he talks about, because I carry around the death of Jesus in my body, but I also carry around resurrection. Mm -hmm. And this idea of, that's a helpful thing for me. Again, not avoiding um, the pain. It's going to come. Yeah. So you lean in. You are hard-pressed. You are walking through the fire. You mm -hmm. will be swept through the waters. But at the same time, you will not drown, yeah. and you will not be crushed, and you will not be destroyed. Yeah. God, Because God is with you, as yeah. he says, because I'm with you. So I will pull you out. I will walk with you. I'll be with you in those places. Yeah. You know what I think hurts us, though? We want to know a trick. Yeah. We want the silver bullet. Yeah. We think that everything is new and we need a new app. We need some new information. We need whatever. And we think that's what's going to get me through this. And really, mm -hmm. it's not. It's going back to the basics is what will be the thing that helps sustain us and get mm -hmm. us through the storm, regardless of what we're going through and regardless of the outcome. What is it? It's remembering who God is. It's remembering what he's done for us before. Mm -hmm. Those are the things. It's resting in those things and just living in that. Mm -hmm. Is that a trick? No. Is that special? Not really. I mean, I hope it moves beyond bumper sticker Christianity, mm -hmm. but it's reality. It's just the reality of we, we have to quit looking for that next great thing. Well, there's this thing that's going to... No. Mm -hmm. It's remembering who God is remembering what he's done for me before mm -hmm. and remembering he will be with me through this. Yeah. That's really what we're talking about yeah. at the end. Um, there's a, you know, what we saw in the video was just, I think they, the chosen kind of combined a couple of, uh, of stories of yeah. Jesus, which is okay. I love the chosen. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Season four kicks off in a few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's another story in the Bible where Jesus is in a storm with his disciples and in this story, he's sleeping in the bottom of the boat. You know, as the storm is raging and the disciples do what they do, they're freaking out, you know. Oh, my goodness. You know, they wake him up. Teacher, don't you care if we, if we drown? And Jesus gets up and he quiets the storm. And he says to you, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? 
And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. You know, I think that there's a, there's a challenge in following Jesus because I think sometimes we think, we read that and we go, well, I can't be afraid. Are you kidding? You're human. Of course we're going to be afraid sometimes when the, when the diagnosis comes, when the relationship breaks down, when things don't happen the way you think. Of course there's going to be fear. But the question is, where do we turn with that fear? What do we do with that? We just talked about this all Christmas. Fear not, you know. But we can't let it become all-consuming. And I think what we do is we can look at Jesus as our example and we can kind of go rest in the fact that even through the midst of the storm, the storm can be raging on the outside, but there doesn't have to be a storm raging in us mm-hmm. on the inside. We can experience peace. Mm-hmm. I was just, even as, we were, as you're reading that story right now, I, it's interesting that even the disciples are like, who is this? They, they don't even recognize mm-hmm. him in that moment. And I think that's the other piece that yeah. so often in a storm we get so focused on the pain and yeah. the things that are happening that we fail to not just keep our eyes on Jesus, but even recognize his hand or recognize where he is at work. Um, it's just so easy to get clouded yeah. by yeah. the pain and the chaos and whatever it is yeah. that we're facing. And you'd mentioned Paul in 2 Corinthians earlier, and I was looking in 2 Corinthians as well. I mean, Paul really lays it out there, all the things he's gone through and struggled with. He talks about, I've been in prison, I've been flogged, I've been exposed to death, I've had 40 lashes mm-hmm. minus one, I've been beaten with rod, shipwrecked three times, spent a day and a night in the open sea. That sounds like fun. Dangers of rivers, bandits, fellow Jews and Gentiles, hunger, thirst, cold, naked, and concern for the churches. Well, thanks for throwing that in. And he mentions the thorn in the flesh. But then he ends that whole list of everything terrible. And look at what he says. He says, but God said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, Paul says, then I am strong. I'm just curious. Those who have gone through a storm... Can you give me a head nod if you found that to be true? It has been true, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. And we all know, as much as we may hate it, that it is only going through the storms where we can experience God in ways that we never would otherwise. Mm -hmm. We learn more about God than we would ever know. We experience Him, and it's only through going through the storm. I wish Mm -hmm. it wasn't so. I wish human nature was different, where, God, I could learn that lesson another way. Yeah. But there's something about when we are at the end of ourselves, and Jesus is all we have, we discover that Jesus mm-hmm. is really all mm-hmm. we need. Even in our message community this week, we were just talking about how it feels like even just in our small room among us, it was all of us were saying, wow, I have a dependency and an intimacy and a closeness with God in pain that I don't at other times. Yeah. And if I look back on my life, some of the things that were the hardest or most painful were the places where I actually grew. De- talk about being rooted, where my roots went down deep, you know, because mm-hmm. of the, the chaos, of, because of the pain, because of the shaking, and it forces you to kind of grow deep. I think mm-hmm. about one of my favorite scriptures that I quote all the time to myself, to people who are in pain, is a, just it's a simple psalm. In Psalm 34, it says that God is close to the brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. And there's something that I have experienced and I've seen and walking with many of you that in the storm, in the pain, though it's painful, there is a closeness 
And he says it, I am close. Like he's near all of us. He's in all of us, among all of us. But there is a closeness that comes when we're in this storm, a closeness that God has with us that we, that, that bonds us to God and, and takes those roots deeper and deeper. Absolutely. And we don't want to leave you with just Peter sinking because that's a depressing place to end that clip, right? Yes. Watch this. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come back. And we're just going to close this way today. We know there are those of you that are going through the storm. And uh, I want you to hear the words of Jesus as you say, don't let me go. He says, I'm not ever going to let you go. I'm never going to let you go. I know Michelle and David are going through some stuff right now. And I'm going to ask just if you're willing and comfortable, just a group of you, go over to them and lay hands on them and pray for them. Mm -hmm. Heavy storm. Maybe there's others in the room. You know your own storm that you're going through and you feel overwhelmed. You feel the waves. You feel just it's crashing around you. 
We're just going to close today with, as they sing this song, you're welcome to sing it. Amy and I are going to be up here on the front. Steve's up here. Liz is in the back. If you need prayer, if you just need somebody to represent the arms of Jesus to you, to wrap themselves around you, and just remind you that Jesus says, I will never let you go. We want you to experience that. Please hear from us. We're not saying, oh, you'll get through this. It'll be fine. We're not saying that at all. What we're saying is you will get through it with Jesus and with the community and one another around you to help support and sustain you. And maybe it'll be easy and maybe it won't. But hear the words of Jesus when he looks to you and he's got you wrapped up and he says, I've got you. I've got you. God, I desire so much to speak a message that says, just have enough faith and all the storms will just subside. But God, experience and human nature tells me otherwise. God, there are times where we just face almost what feels like the impossible. And sometimes as we're going through it, God, we feel empty and we feel alone. And we feel like Peter, just under the water, arms flailing. And God, we're looking up and we're reaching out, crying out. God, the thing we know is that never once have you not reached your hand down to lift us up. Never once have you not wrapped your arms around us. Never once have you not been there to see us through. And in the midst of questions, in the midst of misunderstanding or not having any idea of what's going on, you are with us. You comfort us. You prove yourself to be our shepherd. You guide us through the valleys and the mountains. Thank you, God, for your hand that sustains and sees us through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.